Welcome to the Common Sense Connections app audio education series. We encourage you to listen carefully to the success and leadership principles discussed in this audio. They have enabled countless independent business owners just like you to build a successful business and have a full and balanced life. Thank you. Well, it's good to be here. Normally, Angie, my wife, is with me, uh, but she's doing grandma things back in Idaho. So she's, she's back there. I'm a little jealous. We have one grandson. We've been married for about 32 years and in this business. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm humbled to be here. Let me say that first. Um, being amongst you all and, and the great people that are here, it's, it's pretty awesome. We did live in Oregon. We recently moved to Idaho. I do have a connection to Texas, though. My grandfather was born in Denison and then lived in Oklahoma. So I could pick up some y'alls and be happy about it. But uh, I love being here, and I, I hope you've felt the heart of this meeting. Albeit small, it's pretty mighty in my opinion, and I feel like I'm amongst family even here. So it is great, you know, to, to jump in the, in the motorhome with John. I can't talk about him or I'll cry. And then I'll have to tell you cop stories because I've been a cop for 20 years. That'll make you think I'm tough again, right? So I, I can't even do it. But I, what I can tell you is I can't imagine what our lives, I wish Angie was here because I kind of build off of her on this because she's the CEO of our business, but I can't imagine what, it would, what our lives would be like if we hadn't gotten involved with this industry 31 years ago. We've been married for 33 this September, so 31 years ago coming up in September. We'd been married for two years, and I'll tell you right now, we weren't anything special because we were never even contacted. To this day, I have never been contacted for this business, so this will give you some hope. But like I said, we'd been married for 32 years. We were pregnant with our first kid. We lived in Oregon, and we were doing pretty good. I was working a job. She'd been working a job. We're pregnant. We owned a house. Um, I guess I should tell you one thing, too. This isn't my normal tendency. Getting up and speaking in front of people is not a comfortable thing for me, technically. I, I'm kind of shy. To give you an idea, uh, when I would need something from the store, I would go to the store and look around for it, and I, you know, you struggle to find things. And if I couldn't find it, I would set my watch, 30 minutes. And if I couldn't find that item within 30 minutes at that store, I would get in the car and go to a different store and look for another 30 minutes. And if I couldn't find it then, I just didn't need it because I was too shy to ask anybody for help. But this is kind of a funny story. Not that I think our story is super special, but I was at one of those supermarkets, July 9th, 1987, and had done just that. I was looking for something, couldn't find it, left to go to a different store, was pulling out of the parking lot and saw Angie pulling in and thought, holy crap. Oh, yeah, we're not supposed to say crap, sorry. Holy crud. Um, I saw her, and now remember, I'm shy, right? But just seeing her, I thought, holy smokes. And I turned around, and I went and parked in the same parking spot I just backed out of. And then I got out of my truck, and I go bebopping into the store to find this girl I just saw. And again, I'm the shy guy, right? And so then about the time the doors opened, it's a big supermarket, I thought, what in the world are you going to say? I don't know. But, but when the dream is big enough, the facts don't count, right? And so I start searching the store, and luckily I found her within 30 minutes, or she might not have the honor of being married to me. That's a joke. But I saw her standing over there in the record aisle. That tells you how long ago that was. And... Uh, saw her and I just, I didn't know what to say. I walked up and said, hey, I hope you don't think I'm weird or anything, but I wanted to come in and say hello. Well, that was that. We ended up getting married, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> now fast forward two years. Um, 
we were, like I said, we were starting our first family and everything, and, and uh, for some reason, I, I can't quite pinpoint it yet, I'm, I'm going to figure this out, but for some reason, I had learned to set goals, and so we, we had the house, we had the cars, we had a good job, we were starting a family, you know, we were kind of patting ourselves on the back on our anniversary in September, and it hit me just as soon as I said that, that, oh man, we're doing good compared to all our friends that are in college eating Top Ramen, drinking beer, and wondering what they're going to do with the rest of their life, you know, and, and it, but it hit me. But if we don't set another goal, we're going to get stuck right here, and they're going to pass us. And so the, the idea was to set another goal. Well, on the way home from the coast, I passed a little red Ferrari, like the Magnum PI 308 red GT Ferrari, and my eyes lit up, and I'm like, that is my dream. And so we drive home, and we pull up in our, park, in our driveway, and I get out, and my neighbor's standing over there, and I don't really even know this guy. He was a school teacher, and I walked across the street, and I said, hey, I just saw my dream car. He goes, really? What was it? I said, it was a little red Ferrari. He's like, well, how are you going to get it? I don't have a clue. He goes, well, one of my students just showed me this thing, and you should come with us to Salt Lake City. We're leaving. That was a Tuesday. I think they were leaving Thursday. You should come with us to Salt Lake City. We're having this meeting. That's... 13-hour drive, folks, from where I lived. And I don't even really know this guy. He's just my neighbor. I mean, and so he, I said, well, I got to work. He goes, call in sick. What do you think I did? I went in and I called in sick. I bought a ticket to a function in Salt Lake City, and I jumped in a van with five strange men, who I still attest are strange men. Um, and we went and got our minds blown. And it was just amazing. And the the... Holy smokes. That, that, you think of those fine threads and you think, what if, what if they would have never invited me to that? What if I had never seen that car? What if I would have never said yes? What would my life be like? It'd be totally different. I can tell you that. We got involved and uh, we didn't get huge in the business. Um, we got to a pretty good level. Angie didn't have to work anymore. She raised our kids. Work for me was kind of optional. Oh, thanks. I am tough. <laughs> I was a cop for 20 years. But anyway, it's just amazing to me to, to think about it, and that's why I get so emotional. Because I know that there's other people out there that are just like that, that are looking for somebody to come pick them up. And I can't look at him, or I'll really cry because he's my guy. That's why I jumped in a motorhome and we drove 20 hours down here. I, I'm happy to sit on the back and listen because like my Texas grandfather said, you got two ears and one mouth, use them accordingly. So I'd rather be back there listening to you all and learning, but, but here I am. Anyway, I'm gonna get control of this. If you've been in this business for more than a minute now, because we're excited about where we're going, and we're, I mean, I tell you what, you talk about being in the room of giants, Richard and Joe and their wives, holy smokes, I wouldn't be here because I followed John around for years after our first deal fell through. I, I, I followed him because he was my guy, but I, I wasn't going to do any of them. You know what I mean? And so, am I wandering too much? Is it making it do that? Um, but we just kept hanging in there. And uh, I forget where I was going with that. But anyway... When, when we saw Common Sense, we were pretty excited. And if you've been here for a minute, you've heard this. Oh, I can't go that far. Is 95% mindset and 5% technique, right? 
well, I'm an efficiency guy. And so I like things to work and be efficient and all that. And so to me, I want to know, well, what really does that mindset thing mean? So I, to me, it means conviction, your belief level. You've heard all these things today. I'm not, you've heard pieces of this, but maybe this will just be, if you see how I see it, maybe it'll click something in you. If this line represents where we are right now, it doesn't matter where we've been, it matters where we're going. And when you first see this business or you get new people that see this business, the first thing they do, this is now, the first thing they do is hope, right? You give them a little bit of hope that maybe there's something better out there for them. Um, or if they're on the negative side of this line, maybe they're hoping that it doesn't work. You know what I'm saying? And we, I'll expand on that in just a minute. But just, there's a little bit of hope there that maybe, and some people come in at a higher level than this, but, but that's the beginning level of this mindset and belief, right? And then we want to take them to where they think it might work. And then we want to get them to where they believe it's working. And then we want them to know that it's working. And those same things happen on the negative side of this as well, right? We won't spend much time here, but they might hope that it doesn't work, so they don't have to do it. They might think it doesn't work because somebody told them they can't do it. They might believe that they're not good enough to do it. And then what happens when they get to the point where they know what happens? They, I have a very good friend uh, in our church that he talks about he hates broccoli. And he talks about how sometimes people get off in the broccoli, you know. And so if, if we're making decisions on this side of the line, we could be off in the broccoli, Right? Because we're making decisions, that spells broccoli, on things that aren't necessarily true. Is that, does that make sense? So what our goal is to do is to build their dream, because that's what moves us this way, is to build their dream. Their dream, not your dream. Their dream. Because really, quite honestly, a Ferrari is a dumb dream for a 23-year-old kid that's wearing braces. You know? I didn't, I wouldn't, the maintenance on that thing was a nightmare. But was it still a dream that got me to do something that was very uncomfortable for me? Absolutely. This isn't about us, but I'll tell you what, your story reminded me I had lots of jobs during that time. And again, when we got to a certain level in the business, we were doing pretty good. I had a Cadillac. 23 years old with braces? No, I was 25. 25 years old with braces then. I mean, if you saw us, we looked like, did we look like kids? I remember some of the leaders saying, and I don't know if you guys can build this. You look so young, you won't have credibility with anybody. I remember those, it was never you, but I remember those conversations and I thought, well, what's that got to do with anything? It kind of just ticked me off, so then it made me want to go farther. <laughs> but I remember the day that I drove that Cadillac to work one time in a mill, and about an hour into my shift, the boss came over. Similar to your story, not quite as wonderful, but he's like, hey, I need you to move your car. I'm like, why did I do, is it in front of a fire hydrant or something? He's like, no. Is it blocking something? No. Well, why do I need to move my car? Well, because it's nicer than my car, and I run the company, so it can't be in front of my car. You need to park around back. <laughs> I thought, I moved it that day, but where do you think I parked it the next day? <laughs> we had this conversation quite a bit. But anyway, that dream is what moves us into these things. You know, you find out what they're hoping about, and then you show them to get them to the point where they think and maybe to where they can believe it and then where they know it. And that's where the momentum, they can be successful at any level, but obviously when you know something, you walk into a room and people know you know what you're talking about, they're attracted to that, right? That's that mindset, that think and grow rich. 
and they just absolutely know. And so for me, this line represents progress. And if we're filling our brain with the dream and getting on that side of the line, it's positive progress. If we're on the negative side of things, there's some for those beliefs and those decisions, and that scares me. So my thing is, can you imagine what this thing can do for you? I hope you can. I hope if you're even at the hope level, I hope you can see what this thing can do and the freedoms it can bring. You've heard great stories. I mean, it's amazing. You know, when we got to the point where we were making more money than we had month, I was pretty excited, you know. And I'll be honest with you, we didn't make a ton of money in this business because we got in and just a few years later, it kind of leveled off and then it dropped for the same reasons you heard everything here. And it kind of bummed me out. It kind of stole our dream for a little bit. But the things I learned in this business and the people that I met and they taught me how to be a better person and everything, we went on and did other businesses and made quite a bit of money in the interim until this thing showed up and now we see that hey we've got a second chance at this deal and you've heard that story a lot in here but man i tell you what this is a small room but to me this is a core group and it's going to be fun to watch what happens with all of you so it's pretty exciting so maybe it's the having enough money at the end of the month that it's not causing you stress number one angie and i've never had a fight but the number one reason couples do fight is money Am I right? Well, I'm not kidding you. We have never had a fight. And I married up for sure. Um, because if you met her, you'd think she's an angel. And you'd wonder why she married me. But um, 30, 33 years, never had a fight. Um, shoot, I forgot what I was going to tell you. Anyway, you get old, you forget things. Yeah, I knew it had something to do with money. But it'll come back. Yeah. Like I said, this isn't my comfort zone. But, you know, it's just not having that stress. How much better, oh, I know what it was. I've, I've never had a fight with her, but I did get her mad enough at me two times in 33 years. One time I was being a poop, and she was sitting at our living room, and she just looked up at our wedding photo and said, why? <laughs> <laughs> and my wife is sweet, you know. I'm like, dang, that kind of hurt. And the second time was about four years later, I'm doing something dumb, and she just kind of, it wasn't under her breath at all. It was pretty obvious. She's like, your mother told me there'd be days like this. <laughs> Dang, that's twice. So I'm a slow learner, but I'm not going to let her do it to me a third time. So it's pretty cool. But I remember when we didn't have to worry about if the car was going to start or if it was going to break down. You know, we, you know, it's a great feeling when you're driving, especially when you get in this business, you're making the miles. And you know what? I remember worrying that, gosh dang, if the transmission goes out of this thing, I'm going to be riding a bike for the rest of my life. You know, how am I going to pay for it? You know, and when you don't have to worry about those things, how much better is life? You know, and I, I don't know. When my wife didn't have to work anymore and she stayed home and raised our three kids, how valuable is that? Can you even put a price tag on it? No. You know, I mean, it's just huge. You've seen some of that in here with other people's stories, you know. Raising our own kids instead of the babysitter all the time. You know, my mother was huge in helping us when we were building this business. She raised our kids. You know, and I, I don't know how you feel about activities and stuff, but if you're into boating or that, in Oregon we had a ton of that. In Idaho we will have a ton of that. We moved there in December and it was all frozen, so we haven't done anything like that. But when we do, do you realize that boating and those kind of activities are much better on weekdays than they are on weekends? It is just a completely different experience. 
everything, fishing, hunting, any of that stuff. It is a completely different experience if you're not fighting the crowd. Now, I will admit, I'm kind of sadistic. I do like going to the boat ramps on weekends just to watch. You don't need TV if you got a boat ramp in your vicinity. It is comical. You know, and, and you know, I don't, I don't know what turns you on. For me, it's anything that goes fast. I like fast stuff. I was telling Richard a story, and I don't, do I, how much time do I have? Y'all, you know way. Keep going. Give me an idea. I need to know. Five minutes? Okay. I won't tell that story then. That's a bad one. You want to hear it? So I was a cop for 20 years later. I just retired in August. Don't take that as a whatever. Um, don't do that. Council upline. But uh, before I became a cop, we were doing pretty good in the business, and we went and spent some time at Lake Powell, John and Barbara, and we had and Angie and I were heading home from Lake Powell back to Oregon, cutting across the middle of Nevada at a diagonal line at 2, 3 in the morning. And I had the cruise control set at 132 miles an hour. Because at 133, it would start bucking the governor. And we'd be sitting there. We're just having a great time. We, had, we came from a function and went to Lake Powell and then heading home. We're just excited, you know. And I'd see a car miles up the road. And I'd ask Angie, do you think that's a cop? She's like... We're in, we're in Nevada, it's a gambling community, let's just go for it. So I just leave it on and, nope, not a cop. And about every 30 minutes, 20 minutes, you'd see a car, and I'm like, do you think that one's a cop? Nah, nope, we win, yay, jackpot. I don't know if it was the third or fourth one, but I'm like, nah, I'm feeling, I'm feeling smart. And, uh, oh crap, it was a green... Nevada Highway Patrol Camaro, and I mean, it lit up like a Christmas tree in my mirrors, and I'm like, oh, no. So I click off the, the cruise, and I start coasting over the side, and, you know, he probably went by me at 100, so we got 230 miles an hour between us. You get a long distance apart really quick. <laughs> by the time I got pulled over, I can't even see him anymore, and I'm thinking, well, maybe he just, maybe he forgot. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so then... Uh, Nope. Pretty soon I see these little twinkly lights coming in my mirror. I'm like, oh, no. So I'm telling Angie, this is what's going to happen. I'm going to get arrested. He's going to put me in his car. You're going to have to slide over here and drive, follow us to wherever, and then you're going to have to find some money and bail me out. That's, I mean, that's the whole conversation. So he comes up behind us, and he comes up, taps on my window. I roll the window down, and he's like, do you know why I pulled you over? I said, well, I got a pretty good idea. <laughs> He said, I got you at 131 miles an hour on radar. I said, that's probably accurate, because I had the crew set at 132. <laughs> and he's like, license, registration, insurance. So I hand all this stuff out, and he goes to his car. And again, I'm coaching her, and we're trying to figure out how this is going to work. And he's back there. It seemed like forever. I mean, it, it felt like 15, 20 minutes, but it was probably only five. And finally comes back up the window, and he's like, Mr. Trantham, here is the deal. I'm like, oh, okay, here we go. He goes, I've been out here all night. You're the first car I've seen going west. How about you keep it under 100 and we both have a good night? And he hands me my stuff back, and I'm like, well, heck, yeah, that's awesome. You know, yes, sir, whatever, you know. And I'm just shocked, you know. So he gets back in his car, and he whips a U-turn and continues heading east, and I'm watching in my mirror. As soon as I can't see his taillights, I hit resume because there can't be two of them. So <laughs> there wasn't. I made it. 
But that was kind of some fun stuff. We <laughs> Later when I became a cop, I thought, I'm going to be that guy. I'm going to be the warning guy. So I got a warning for doing 132 and a 55. That was pretty cool. You know, but we've done some other fun stuff. You know, it's, you'll have stories like that. We'll all have stories like that. They're, they're coming. And you know what? That's the journey. That's the fun part. When you look back, that is the fun part. You know, so we're super excited about this. You know, we, we like I said, we feel like we're family with, with what's going on here, and we're excited to see where this is going to go. When we got involved in the industry that first time, it was huge. At that first meeting I went to in Salt Lake City, they filled the Delta Center, which I think seats about 18,000, 22,000, something like that. That was full, so we were in the overflow in the Salt Palace, which another 6,000 people or something. I mean, it was just incredible. By the end of that weekend, we were standing on the chairs, hooping and hollering, and oh my gosh, it was just exciting. And, and some of the things we've gotten to do and places we've gotten to go, it is just incredible. So. What I'm telling you is get those dreams and dust them off. Make them huge. What do you got to lose? If you set a goal to own a G5 jet and you end up with a TBM 940, and if you don't know what those are, go look them up, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> one of them's $5 million, one of them's $2 million. If you failed and got a $2 million jet, would you be upset? <laughs> oh, man, I got to go fly my TBM 940. Oh, you poor thing. You know? So set the goal huge, and then it doesn't matter if you fall back a little bit. It's okay. So I don't know. I'm just happy to be here. I'm excited about what's going to happen in this area. Um, you all are amazing people. I have felt your spirit. The heart that's gone in here has just been incredible. And I'm telling you what, hang on. It's going to be a ride. So thank you. This audio series was created to help you with personal development, professional development, and gaining the skills to build a sustainable business. While certainly no one can guarantee success, it is our hope that the principles and ideas discussed here will enable you to experience the thrill of accomplishment and offer your life greater significance and enjoyment. This is a copyrighted program. The purchase of the program is optional, and any unauthorized reproduction or broadcast of this digital media without express written consent is strictly prohibited. All rights are reserved.